Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. This is Chris. And Maria from In This Moment, and you're listening to Talking Metal. All right. Hey, this is Chris from Lamb of God, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hello, this is Tony Iommi, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is John Schaefer from Iced Earth, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking Metal. <laughs> yeah, this is Jim Brewer, and you're listening to Talking Metal! Hi, this is Ian Hill from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Vizio, you're rocking with Talking Metal! The best hard rock, the best heavy metal, Talking Metal. A podcast hosted by Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Available through iTunes and most other podcast providers. Feel the power. Feel the glory. TalkingMetal.com This is John Astronomy. I am here with my partner in crime, Mark Striegel. This is Talking Metal. Yes, we have two great interviews on the show today. Chris from In This Moment and Rob from Blackwater Rising. Stay tuned for those. But right now, let's get into some music. Three o'clock by a great New York City band, Burn and Cry.
That was 3 O'Clock by the Burn and Cry featuring one of my best friends, Mike Marco. He's the lead vocalist. Mike's a great guy and a great, great vocalist. Um, Kevin on bass. Yeah, we've worked with Kevin and Mike in the past, and uh, Kevin is an unbelievable bassist that we've known for a very long time. Wasn't Kevin in De Quincey's Dream? Yes, he was. The great De Quincey's Dream with Sea Dog, who now I believe works at MSNBC. Wow, how about that? I heard there was also a Sea Dog that was committing a few crimes here and there. I think it's a different Sea Dog. Yes, that's Sea Dog with two Gs. <laughs> this Sea Dog just has one G. Uh, anyways, let's get into some more metal here on Talking Metal. A great band, really great band, Power Quest. They are also on iTunes. Use the links in today's show notes to download all the music you hear in today's show. This is called Find My Heaven by PowerQuest. MySpace.com slash PowerQuest. Check them out. Sound. 
My Heaven by Power Quest. Look for that on iTunes. We'll put a link up in the today's show notes. Yes, Power Quest will be playing. Listen to the name of this club. I love the name. The Headbangers Ballroom. The Power Quest will be playing there on April 13th in 2009. It's in Hamburg. Wow. What a great name for a place. Headbangers Ball was, I would say, the greatest ever metal show that was ever on television. A lot better than that show Fuse had on for for uh, eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was talking metal or something. I don't know. No, just just teasing. Headbangers Ball, we love that show. Uh, Power Quest, we love that band. They will actually be playing in the States. Put this on your calendars, guys. September 11th and September 12th, 2009. That's your birthday, right? September 12th. Thank you for remembering that. That is, maybe we'll do a birthday celebration for astronomy and talking metal at the Power Quest show. Yes, it's in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Prague Power Festival. A big thanks for, for uh, to Steve from Power Quest for hooking us up with that track. Speaking of uh, shows that are far off in the future, isn't Hades reforming for a gig in, I think it's 2010? Is that right? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, something. Some crazy thing that's like so far off that it's just unbelievable that it's booked this far in advance. Guys, check us out on Twitter.com slash Talking Metal, MySpace.com slash Talking Metal, Astronomy.net, MarkStriegel.net. We got the Talking Rock podcast is back in action. Finally, you got the dyslexic... uh, blog that I got going at markstriegel.net. I even have, apparently have podcast ability from that blog, so I might put up something just free free form podcast there. I don't know what's going to go on. We'll see. But a lot of stuff going on. You want to hear something free form? Last night after I had a few too many, thank God I didn't do this, I had the idea that I was going to do a musical podcast and play covers of new Guns N' Roses tracks and post them somewhere, but I didn't do it, thank God. And uh, not because Guns N' Roses wasn't cool, but I didn't want to deface their songs by playing them in a drunken state. Right. Well, I'm sure you would have done justice to the songs. Yeah, you got you got the musical skill. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll tell you, I love that album. You know that, guys. Guns N' Roses, Chinese Democracy Rules, and we are ready to get into some great interviews that Mark conducted. Yes, this is Chris from In This Moment.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel with Talking Metal, and we have Chris from In This Moment on the line with us. Chris, how are you? I'm great, Mark. How are you, buddy? Good. Uh, a show at the House of Blues tonight, huh? Yeah, at Anaheim. We're with uh, Barrier Dead and Five Figure Death Punch. Does the House of Blues have a good sound on stage? Because I've seen numerous shows at numerous different House of Blues venues, and the rooms usually have a real good sound. How, how does it sound standing on stage at those venues? Well, normally it's great. You know, there's a good, they usually have good people working. You know, like, like any place, if somebody, if, not, if they don't have the greatest person working, it can sound bad. But generally, House of Blues are always great shows because the sound system is great off stage and off. So, yeah, we're always, always still to see House of Blues on the roster. Now, is this the House of Blues that's at Disneyland? Yeah, we're at Disneyland. <laughs> Very good. I, I have a Mickey Mouse sticker on my pants. Did you hit Space Mountain <laughs> this afternoon or anything? No, we just kind of hung around and, you know, ate, ate dinner, ate great lunch, the House of Blues. Just, you know, hung around, been, been over to Disneyland or anything. Very good. The new album, The Dream, sounds just awesome. I was very impressed, not only with the quality of the, the songwriting, but... Also, just the production. I feel like the sound kind of has evolved for you guys, and we're hearing a lot more. I mean, we got a little bit of this on the last record, but even more stuff like these big soundscapes and, and intricate kind of things going on in the mix. Was this a, a, a conscious effort to kind of include more soundscapey stuff in this record? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we really didn't talk about, like, what kind of a concept or how we just, we, the main thing that we went into this record thinking was we want to write good songs. We want to focus on songs versus a collection of riffs that are just put together in a song format. We wanted the song to be like its own thing and each song to be an individual and be the best it could be. So that being said, you know, all the demo ideas that we came up with were, were kind, of, kind of, you know, more, a little leaning more rockish than metal. I mean, the, the riffs are, to me, are still metal. It's all the same, 80s metal and, and Right. And modern metal, but but they just kind of lead a little, a little bit more melodic. And we, we definitely knew that Maria wanted to sing a little bit more just because she was getting a lot of compliments on the screaming and a lot on the singing. And the screaming has always been kind of easy for her, and, and she just wanted to do more singing. And that kind of lends itself to good songs, because good singing. So sure. once, we, once we came up with the idea that we were going to call the album The Dream, which kind of happened right as we brought all the ideas for the songs in to the studio, that's when... We wanted to kind of have the dreamy theme going through the whole record, which meant we kind of approached the songs in a certain way to give them atmosphere and, and you know, that kind of thing. Right. Very cool. Um, you do get some heavy moments, though, on this record, not not only in the guitar riffs, but, I mean, a song like The Great Divide is, is, is quite heavy, and we do get a little bit of that screaming, that, or quite a bit, actually, of that screaming that Maria does so well. Yeah, we, we definitely didn't want to, I mean, we we we're, we're, constantly thinking about our fans and stuff too, even though we wrote the record from the heart and pretty much did what we wanted to do, we definitely didn't want to just abandon our old sound either. I wanted to make sure that, you know, when people heard the record, they knew it was in this moment, you know, Right. and all the fans had something something on there. So, The Great Divide and Her Kiss, and there, there's heavy guitars and everything. I mean, I'm playing on it, so it's got to be heavy, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, you know, we, we also wanted it to be like good songs and, and still be really artistic and stuff like that too. Very cool. Now, one thing that was in the news recently was the Century of Media Girls of Metal pack for Rock Band 2. What What is this? You somehow can plug in to the Rock Band 2 game and actually play in this moment music? Well, you don't. You can, you know, with, with the Xbox and, and, and PlayStation, you can, you can get online. 
and you can download uh, expansion packs and map packs. And as far as like the Rock Band games, you can download songs and stuff like that. So basically, what it is is I think it's two Lacuna Coil songs and an In This Moment song that you can download either individually or all together as a package, and they just go right onto your game, and then you can play, you know, the game to those songs, like with the other songs that are on there. Right. So it's pretty cool, man. We're, we're pretty excited about that. One thing I feel about In This Moment is that Maria has become such a media fixture and an icon for, for your band. Has that ever caused any friction within the band that she is the one always appearing on the magazine covers and and there seems to be such a media interest about her? No, it never causes any friction. We you know, we went into this kind of knowing, you know, that we we were gonna she was gonna get a lot of attention and she is the singer and singers always get attention anyways. And her being a, a pretty girl doing it, it just we knew that was gonna happen and, and it actually helped anytime anything is in the press it's it always is in this moment connected with it, so it's it's press for the band as well. Like every once in a while, you know, like I've been reading like Metal Edge and, and Revolver magazines and dreaming of being in them since I was like 19. And you know, Maria's you know a girl. She probably wasn't going to the newsstand and picking up you know Metal Edge. But but you know, so it's like I wish I could be in there too. And sometimes we are, but right. there's never any like malice or anything. If anything, it's just a joke, you know. Right. Oh, another cover for the in this moment. Cool. Just Maria. Cool. You know. I guess as long as you guys are getting the attention, that's the important exactly. thing. Exactly. Cool. Now, I recently checked out the new video for Forever, which looks like it's shot, what is that, the Pacific Ocean you guys are, are jamming? We did it right on the beach, like I think it was in Long Beach. Yeah, it's oh, cool. Cool. We basically, basically the, the, the whole theory for, for that video was we, wanted, we didn't want to have a lot of acting scenes and stuff like that with a storyline or something going on. We wanted it to kind of be simple you know, performance footage, but with a epic feel as possible. Right. And Maria had the idea for the beach, and when we got down there and set up everything, it was turned out to be a really nice day, and saw the video afterwards, and we're just really stoked on, on how it looks. Yeah. And, you know, normal videos are shaky and dark and, you know, stuff like that. And this is kind of kind of sticks out with all the videos that are coming out, you know, it being outside and on the beach and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And who directed that? Was it anybody? Well, it was Dave Brodsky. I should have said that. He, he's terrific. He's done so many videos for so many metal and rock bands. And he's, a, he's just a really good guy. And this is our first time working with him. And we're definitely going to work with him again. He, he did a great job of capturing what we wanted to capture. It's real easy to work with. So Dave Brodsky, yeah. He's awesome. Cool. Now, going way back when you were first forming the band, is it true that you got together with Maria, but you were hesitant because you didn't want to form a band with a girl lead singer? It's, it's somewhat true. It's I mean, really I read that in a few different places now, and, and you're never involved in the article when, when I read that. So yeah, Maria likes to make it seem like, like I just didn't want to because she was just a girl, but it, and, and that is partially true. I was in another band, though, playing, and the guy that was bringing Maria to me was wanting to do a side project where he played drums and I played guitar, and he wasn't really a drummer. He was like the guy that wanted to be a drummer. Right. So I was really that accomplishment. I was already in another band. So at first, I was definitely like, no way. I'm not starting a band, much less with a girl. Because I didn't, you know, I wasn't really in any girl bands at the time. And it, you know, I had my own thing going. And then Maria came to a practice with them one time. You know, he, as he's trying to get her to get us to do something. And once she picked up the mic and sang, she did some kind of acapella thing just for her singing, where she started out, like, kind of singing. And then built into this huge scream thing. And I was 
flabbergasted. You know, I was like, holy, holy crap, i got to work with this girl. And immediately right from that point on, we started writing songs together and working together. So it's partially true. Very cool. Um, I wanted to just mention, uh, you know, we've covered this in the past, but you guys haven't been on the podcast in a while, but... Blasco is your manager, and Blasco is known to most of our listeners as Ozzy Osbourne's bass player. How did you originally get involved with Blasco, and when you work with him, is he, do you look more to him as a musician, or is he just more of a manager type figure for you guys? I mean, he's obviously your manager, so, so I mean, but do you vibe a little better with him being that he's a musician? Well, I think, yeah, I think that helps because he understands. He's, he's toured in a van. He's toured in a car. You know, he's toured in buses, he's done it all, so he, he knows all that side of it. But we definitely are dealing with him more on a business level because he's pretty much guiding our career, you know, guiding all of our, every step that we make, he's involved. He's here right now at the House of Blues because, you know, that's the guy he is, you know. So the way we met him originally was, you know, we were we started out putting our, our demos up on MySpace. That's kind of how the band got its first buzz going and got got out on tour was through our MySpace page. And we had to get a lot of hits on the demos. and. One day out of the blue, this guy gets us up, says he's Blasco, says, you know, he loves the band and wants to come see us. And he basically, one of his other bands that he was managing at the time had seen our MySpace page and told him he should go check it out, and he did. And once he came down and saw us play, he, he really liked it, and he kind of started helping advising us a little bit and then asked us if he could manage us. And we were like, yes. And he had a whole game plan all laid out beforehand. You know, this is what I want to do with you guys the plan, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but this is what I think we can do, and, you know, everything that he had proposed and was planning on doing, it happened, and then so much more since the beginning, so we, we couldn't be happier with, with, with Blasco as our manager, he's, he's an all-around good guy and great business person. And great bass player, too. And a great bass yeah. player, yeah, and, and experience and everything. It's you know? interesting what you say about the MySpace thing and about how, how you basically were discovered through the internet, and... It's just such a different world than it was, say, 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. When something like that would have really never happened. Some friends of my wife's uh, recently signed with Atlantic, and they were basically discovered through YouTube. You know, so it's it, it's crazy how it happens. And sometimes people are right there when the, the new thing hits to, to get in on that, and sometimes it's you're too late because I know a lot of I mean, still labels look at MySpace. You know, right when they hear about a band, they usually go to their office and look it up on MySpace, you know. So it's still a big, big part of it. But we kind of got in early on the whole MySpace craze. And, and from the very beginning of, of being on MySpace and actively working the MySpace page, I would always add friends from other bands who I thought their fans might like us. Once it started building up, you know, it wasn't only Blasco. It was like some people from Roadrunner had contacted us through MySpace page, but just wow. people, people from uh, other management companies and stuff. And it, as I was adding friends and working the page that was building, you know, all these things started happening directly as a result of the internet. So we owe a lot to that. Great, cool. And I wanted to officially thank you and Maria and Jeff, for that matter, for joining us on the Few show earlier this year where we played uh, a little Pantera, but we also played a song, Run to the Hills, which I still want to play on the podcast here at some point. Now, it needs to be mixed, and I've spoken with Bumblefoot. He said he would mix it. He was suggesting that, that certain things need, needed to be kind of touched up, but um, I think what we'll do, if it's cool with you, is just leave it in its raw form, and 
give it a little mix so the levels are balanced out and eventually uh, run that right here on the podcast for the talking. I, I still do it, man. I mean, it was awesome. And to this day, every, every show almost, people were like, that I'm Broken was so bad. Are you guys going to play I'm Broken? Really? You know, oh, cool. It was a hit. People love it. And, you know, we had such a great time doing it. It's, you know, one of our fond memories of our career so far. right now to keep the Talking Metal TV show going. Some of these stations are even bigger than uh, Fuse, so if we, can, if we can hook that up, and who knows, we may even end up back on Fuse. They just fired all the, the top dogs over there, so the place is in a, a little bit of uh, a state of disrepair, so I think we have to let the dust settle there and see if, if they're even interested in us, but we're talking with some other places. I am extremely hopeful we're going to get the show back on television, and we want to invite you, Maria and Jeff, and also Blake and, 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 and Jess down this time to rock out with us. Dude, let's do it anytime. Anytime. We're, we're, we're down. You guys have been with us since like the very, very beginning, so we consider you guys a big part of uh, the MS Moment family, so we're well, down. Well, that's, that's, that's nice, Chris, and we thank you, and of course we consider you guys a big part of the Talking Metal family. Let's hook up next time you roll through New York City for sure. Cool, buddy. Thanks for the interview, man. Hey, have Always a, a pleasure. Have a great show tonight. And tell Thanks, all the guys man. we said hello and tell Blasco we said hello. I will. Tell John we all say hello back. Okay, cool. Okay, thanks, buddy. See you, Chris. Bye. We're fighting without a reason. It's time to
was the great divide off of the dream by one of Talking Metal's favorite groups in this moment. And I really feel like that we, out of all the bands that have been on Talking Metal, In This Moment is a band that we knew right at the beginning and we've followed their career and we've been buddies. We've jammed with these guys. And as you heard Chris say that the fuse jam of the Pantera tune... I'm Broken is something that they constantly get asked about when they're on tour. Yes, it is true, and that's uh, that's really cool, and it was an honor to actually play with those guys. So hopefully we can do it again someday. Right now we got Rob from Blackwater Rising. I checked in with him a few weeks back here in New York City, and this is a great band out of Brooklyn, New York, and they rock it hard. Definitely a great hard rock and roll band and you can check them out on myspace.com slash blackwater rising we'll have that link through today's show notes and we'll end today's podcast with some blackwater rising music a song called brother go on so i think that's about it dude absolutely i want to thank all of the people who are cool enough to get on the talking metal forums and chat with each other, write to us, ask us questions, and just basically be our friends. So thank you guys. Thanks to everybody who's emailed Talking Metal and basically everybody who's subscribed to Talking Metal on iTunes or any other podcast provider and people who visit us at TalkingMetal.com. We appreciate it. We wouldn't be here without you guys, and we sincerely mean that. So thank you. Yes, and thank you to Guns N' Roses once again for that special thanks on Chinese democracy. <laughs> that really means a lot, man. I'm just so blown away by that. That is the biggest, biggest honor I think Talking Metal may have ever received. I, I mean, I'm not even going to say I think. That is the biggest honor Talking Metal ever received. We have been thanked by Guns N' Roses, and that's just out of control. Yes, and here's my interview with Rob Trainer from Blackwater Rising. Check it out now on Talking Metal. Check, check, check. Hey, this is Mark Striegel checking in with you from Mustang Sally's here on 7th Avenue in New York City. We are joined by Rob of Blackwater Rising. How are you today, Rob? Hanging in there. <laughs> cool. Now, Dan Lorenzo turned me on to your music. And you, you think he just discovered you guys like surfing on MySpace? We probably sent a friend request out to him because I, I basically live on MySpace. I hit everybody on the planet that's into metal and rock on there, so I'm constantly oh, wow. sending out friend requests. To you know, so I, I probably hit him at some point. So it's very possible that's the way. You know, I actually never really asked him how he became across us, right. but that's probably how he came across us. You know? Tell me a little bit about the band, your history, when you guys got together, and uh, who is actually in the band with you. Uh, the band right now has been about two years, a little over two years in the making. Um, basically, uh, I was writing, uh, I'd written about half an album's worth of material. Um, Mike, who was originally in a band called Boiler Room, they were signed to Tommy Boy Records and Roadrunner. A uh, good buddy of mine for many years. Um, he wasn't playing with anybody, so I contacted him and asked him if he wanted to play drums. He came into the scene, he loved the material. Uh, then we went about finding uh, a guitar player. And we, uh, somebody um, turned us on to uh, Johnny Fatteruso, who's our guitar player. He was in Stereo Mud. Um, and then uh, he was buddies with Odie, the, our bass player. And uh, just kind of all came together and gelled from there. And uh, I finished up writing the album, and um, we just went in. We had, I have my own recording studio, so we were just kind of like laying the, the songs down as we went uh, along. 
And uh, the band is basically, as a full lineup, it's been together a little over a year, about a year and a half now. And you guys are, <clears throat> well, you're a native Brooklynite, right? Yeah. yeah, born and raised. Which I think is awesome, because i got to tell you, <laughs> it, it's strange what, what has happened to, to Brooklyn in a way, because as soon as somebody nowadays says, oh, I'm in a band and we're from Brooklyn, part of me is almost a little hesitant because of the trendiness of Williamsburg and a lot of the the, the bands that are over there and and it's it seems like a bunch of like kind of rich kids from from Pennsylvania who move there and think they're too cool for school and I, I don't know I'm not into that whole Williamsburg scene is what I'm trying to say and and it's very cool to hear a native guy who was born and raised in Brooklyn bringing back the true Brooklyn rough hard sound yeah well which has been lost because a lot of these indie rock bands you know from Williamsburg they're not they're not they they are they're claiming the Brooklyn name as their own but really Brooklyn to me was more about hard and heavy bands like Typo Negative you know Life of Agony those bands right right um there's no disguising this accent. <laughs> Born and raised, I've lived in Brooklyn my entire life. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, it depends on how you want to look at it. I don't know about bands from Williamsburg. I don't know about alternative bands. Uh, you know, I just play the music that I enjoy playing, and you know, that's it. I live next to Coney Island Creek. That's as close as I guess I can get to uh, you know swamps and creeks. But you know, the music I do, I just you know, I just I've always enjoyed this type of music, just straight up rock and roll. Nothing, you know, I'm not trying to break any new ground. I'm just, it's all about just writing cool songs and. If I'm from Brooklyn, some people don't even believe that we're from Brooklyn. They listen to music. They're like, "You guys are from down south," or you know, I'm like, "Hey, man, that's just the music I dig." You know, I'm just straight up rock and roll. You know, I'm not, you know, it's 101. You know, rock and roll 101, just writing songs. You know, and and the songs are are the one thing that really drew me to you guys because you have really great melodies and and hooks. And are are you doing most of the songwriting? Yeah, yeah I, I, I wrote the whole album. Um, it was, you know, I, I was I was signed before I was in a band called Dust to Dust, which, which is another um, band that I'd put together and I'd written a bunch of material for. And uh, things didn't go so well. But there was also a part of me, I mean, I do enjoy that music and what I was doing with that. It was very, like, uh, you know, atmospheric, uh, dark, a little gothy, you know, the music I was doing. But th- this, the type of music I'm doing now, was this was the music that was always in my heart. Just straight up, you know, not trying to break any new ground, not trying to follow any trends type of stuff, you know. So after all of that went to crap, you know, I just kind of spent time just writing music. I said, you know something, I just want to write stuff that I like. I'm not trying to cater to any record labels or anything, trying to get a deal, you know. I just wanted to write music that I enjoyed writing. And, and fortunately, it's been working out that people just dig it, you know. And I think that there's something to that when people say, you know, they can see when you're doing something that's from the heart as opposed to something that you're, you're putting on, you know. Right. And, and, you know, the reviews we've been getting from people that have been, you know, hearing the stuff that, you know, the, the, the album, have, they've been saying that, that, you know, they, 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 the, the feeling that they're getting from this album is that it's real. It's the, you know, it's the real deal. They, you know, they're saying, you know, and I guess because I'm just not trying, you know, so. Well, you guys are exploding on MySpace, which is kind of testament to what you're, what you're saying, that this is a real sound. And, and not only on MySpace, but... but you are an independent band with no label behind you, and you're getting radio airplay on major outlets like Sirius Radio. And how do you, how did that happen? It's just that the uh, original song that I had released was a four-song um, 
like demo EP of the first four songs I had written. And Brother Go On was one of the songs on the um, on, on the, the EP. And uh, I just, you know, handed it out to some people that I had known. And one of the guys I had handed it out to, this guy Jose that works up at Sirius, I just told him to check it out, you know, you know, check out what, what I'm doing now. And the program director, they heard it, and he loved it. So he just added it into rotation on Octane. And it's kind of been growing its own legs from there. It's kind of, you know, we haven't started any kind of radio campaign. We haven't even gone to radio with this yet. I mean, like you said, when we haven't, you know, signed a deal with anybody. We don't even have a manager. I mean, we're a total free agent, just MySpace band. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been growing its own legs. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, we've been on, you know, 101.9 here in Brooklyn. Um, Matt Pinfield is a fan of the band. He's, he's got the album. Uh, we met with him. He's been playing it on his show. Uh, uh, Q104.3 played it. We got play on there. Uh, we get played a lot on DHA, 105.5. And, yeah, and a bunch of other stations throughout the country have just been emailing me on MySpace saying that we're playing your song. So I think it's great. I mean, which shows that it's organic. I've always heard this term organic from record labels. You know, it's got to grow its own legs. It's got to be organic. Well, I guess this is it. So, you know, I mean, in that respect, it's definitely cool. And it's, it's moving. And now we're starting to get the label interest. I'm getting, cool, you know, emails from record labels and people are stepping up. And, you know, we got a couple of majors that are interested. So independence, you know. So we'll see what happens, you know. And is there a place people can purchase this music online? Yeah, on, uh, on our MySpace profile, which is uh, myspace.com forward slash Blackwater Rising, you can come check out the music. We had a video up there for Brother Gone, and, uh, you know, just come by check out. We have an EP, a four-song EP right now. Like I said, we're in negotiations with a couple of different labels to release the full length. So once we work, you know, all the bugs out of that and decide who we're going to go with, then the album will be out there. So Cool, cool. And are you currently playing gigs? All over the place. The Tri-State area, we've been playing like crazy. We play as much as possible. A lot of bands on MySpace email us to play, and we just play with them. I don't care. We play with everybody. You know, and that's also the good thing, I think, about the type of music I'm doing, because it's just straight-up rock. It's just hard rock and roll that we can play with anyone. You know, We can play with a band like Slayer, and then we can play with a band like Nickelback. That's what this type of music is like. You know, So... We play with everybody, and we play everywhere. We went out to Michigan. We played three gigs out in Michigan. We play all over the Tri-State. We've played a ton here in the city. We play in Brooklyn. We play in Jersey a lot. We're playing Dingbat soon, too. Uh, we play, went out with King's X. We did uh, four or five shows with them on their tour. So How was that, touring with uh, King's X? Oh, I'm a big King's X fan for years. I I'm, I'm like, grew up on those guys. and just, just to be able to open up for them as a supporting act was just like a dream come true. And Doug and the guys, they're the, they're the coolest bunch of guys. I mean, they've been doing it for years. They're the sure. real deal. They are yeah. really the real deal, those guys. And, uh, you know, no rock star attitudes. I mean, they're just, you know, totally where it's at. And the new album is great. And just playing with them. We're in the new video, too. They just released a new really? video for that song, Pray. Uh, Pray. And uh, they got a clip of us on the bus with them in the, in the video, which is really cool. And it was great playing with them. And we're actually playing another show with them, I think, on the 15th. I think it's December 15th or December 14th, right after our show at Life of Agony. We're playing with Life of Agony at the Starland Ballroom, I think, on the 13th. I'm not sure, but the dates are on the MySpace page. But we're also doing a couple of, I think, two or three more shows with King's X in December. So I'm looking forward to that. You you guys are all still working day jobs and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I'm a mailman. Oh, I've been yeah. a mailman for about 13 years now. Yeah. Really? Wow. Wow. Where's your route? Uh, I work on 132nd, 131st in Harlem. In Harlem. Yeah, okay. for a long time now. Oh, a long wow. time. Yeah. Cool. yeah. 
Any of the uh, the people you deliver mail to know that you're a rocker? Oh, they all know. <laughs> they all know. It's, it, and it's cool. They, you know, everybody's very supportive. Even even my manager, my station, everybody in the station is, uh, you know, they know about my band. They support me. They support everything I do. So it's very cool. You get a discount when you're mailing out CDs? No, no discounts. No, no. <laughs> very good. Well, Rob, we encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to check you guys out on your MySpace page, which will be linked through today's show notes. So go to TalkingMetal.com and check out the links that we got up there. And the music is not on iTunes, or it is on iTunes? It's not on iTunes yet. Like I said, we're, we're in the talks with a couple of different labels. If, if things don't go as I hope that they do go, then I'm just going to release it on my own, just put it out there on iTunes and, you know, just right. get it out there. Because we've been on MySpace now for, like, since I started this. And I have a lot of fans, friends that are itching for this album and sitting around waiting, you know, everything's hurry up and waiting in this industry. And it's really bad out there right now. So, you know, I'm just at the point now, it's like I can't, I'm getting tired of waiting for these labels, you know. It's like, you know, and the deals that are going out there now are just really, they're not... They're not too enticing. So it's like, you know, and to be quite honest with you, I mean, like I told you, I have a day job. You know, it's not just about money to me. So it's like, I don't care. I'll just put it out there on my own if need be, just so that my fans can have the music. So if something doesn't go down soon, it will be on iTunes. I'd say definitely within the next four months, you know, it'll be out there. Cool. Well, keep us posted on that. And, again, all you guys, show your support for Blackwater Rising and... Rob, before you go, if we could get an ID saying your name, your band, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Rob from Blackwater Rising, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.